Hi, my name is Ruben Porter. I'm the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church, and it's great to have you on our podcast today. We hope this message encourages you, builds you up in your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. Hey, um, I was, I was, I was before I was um this week when I was thinking about the sermon and speaking. I was just, I, I have moments where I'm just like incredibly grateful um for the people who've gone before us, um, and I was just thinking about um this church has been around since 1931. And um, it's got a long history, and, and lots of incredible leaders have been here before, and, and I'm just really, really grateful for the fact that we build on the shoulders of people who've come before us and allowed us to be in this space. And um, yeah, it's, you know, in, in 1931, it started as a small group of people in a, as a Bible study, and, and it's grown and it's grown, and they've seen so many people come to faith over the years, and some of you are the testament of your grandparents being here, and some of your grandparents are still here, which is exciting. And um, then in 1998, they opened the, the building over here in, in Auditorium 2, and that was our auditorium, and many of you guys would have been part of that. Um, and then in 2013, they opened up this auditorium, which we keep calling the new auditorium, but it's been almost 11 years now since it's the new auditorium. Um, but it's just a real privilege, a real privilege to be able to stand here this morning. Um, I'm also incredibly grateful to our elders who are up here this morning with us. Uh, I just get blown away each time by the amount of time and effort they pour into this community, um, knowing that each one of them have full-time jobs and are very busy outside of, outside of church ministry, um, strongly supported by their wives who probably have to put up with a lot of their husbands leaving um, to do certain things, but incredibly grateful for, for our elders who volunteer here. And then our staff, um, which are a wonderful group of people. We have a whole lot of fun, but man, we, we just love serving, serving the Lord, um, and it's a real privilege to be part of that staff team. So I'm really grateful f- to be here this morning, and don't worry, I'm not making an announcement that I'm leaving or anything, just, um, I, just, I just feel really, really grateful. I was standing here preaching to an empty auditorium while I was going over my sermon, and I just felt that the, the Lord put it on my heart just to recognize the people who had gone before us that made it all possible that we're here, and it's a good thing, it's a good thing. And one of the standing things has been, um, we are passionate to see more and more people come to know Jesus. We are passionate about that. Um, our vision has been for a long time, and it will continue to be, a community of people fully committed to following Jesus, actively sharing His love and serving others. It's been our vision for a while, and we want to keep pursuing that. We see that as something that's really, really important. Um, when you look at that statement, you, you might get a little overwhelmed to think, what are all the ways that I need to try to fulfill that, and how do I live this dream out in every aspect of my life um, when I call Crossroads home? But what really matters is, is that each one of us is taking a step at a time. We are continually moving forward together. We're continually growing in our faith and our understanding of who God is, but also listening to God's voice and His leading in our lives as He, as he helps us grow and, and become more like Jesus, but also to keep sharing the love of Jesus. And I hope you see that in our vision. That's our passion. We want to grow as a community. We want to be passionate followers of Jesus Christ, but man, we want to share the love of Jesus with people. So over the last couple of years, we've, we've spent really intentional time working towards that, that dream, that vision. Um, we also uh, spent some time considering three questions, if you remember, to help us achieve that. Uh, and they were, who am I receiving meaningful spiritual input from and giving this to? Um, and that's, that's been one of the things that sort of was the catalyst for us to start our um, mentor framework, which has been incredible. Uh, you guys won't have heard all the stories, but we get to hear lots of the stories of people connecting together, um, being mentored or being a mentoree, uh, and just seeing beautiful relationships being formed that are intentional 
that are intentional. They're not just um, friendships, but they're much on a deeper level. And it's been absolutely incredible to see so many people partner together. And, and that's still available. I, Isaac, um, who oversees discipleship, um, would love to talk to you about uh, being a mentor or being mentored yourself. It's, it's an incredible sort of program that we run here at Crossroads. And then the next question was, who am I personally sharing God's love with? which is key to us as followers of Jesus Christ. Last year, we focused heavily on that. We had the way training for those who came along, um, which was encouraging us to think that we're everyday missionaries, that we're here to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't become followers of Jesus Christ, and that's it. We actually share what we've experienced. We share our, the love that we've received from the Lord and pass that on to others. And um, we spent all last year really focusing hard on that, what, what that means to be sharing the good news of Jesus. And then the last question was, how am I serving, which just captures that we got to give back because God has given us so much. And one of the ways that we do that is by serving our community. And, and um, we would strongly encourage, if you are a part of Crossroads and have been for the last six months, then that's one of the ways that we can step into that is, is how do we serve? So in 2024, what we decided is we would consolidate all those questions down into one, and that is, what's your next step? What's your next step? So if our dream is to be a community of uh, people fully committed to following Jesus, actively sharing his love and serving others, then what's your next step to achieve that? What's the next step in your journey? And it's a question that we want to consider um, collectively as a church, as a leadership as well. What is God calling us into? But also for each of us as individuals, each of us as individuals. And to answer the question, it could come in many different forms. It could be to intentionally build relationships with a neighbor or um, a co-worker, to be involved in serving in ministry, or maybe responding to missions here in New Zealand or overseas, or something else entirely, or something else entirely. You see, this question will form the foundation of our teaching series in 2024. And maybe you've been serving at Faithfully at Crossroads for a while, but maybe you're a little disconnected from community and from people. Maybe one step forward for you could be to join a connect group. Maybe you are well connected and you're in a connect group, um, but you haven't really built strong relationships with those who don't know Jesus yet. Maybe a step for you would be to commit to having a co-worker over for dinner or a neighbor into your house for, for some um, coffee. Maybe you've been enjoying the services, but you haven't taken the opportunity to get involved and, and help and make it all happen. One step forward for you could be to join the, the welcoming team the coffee team, or the multimedia team. So in 2024, we're asking this question of each and every one of us, what's your next step? What's your next step? Together, let's answer the call, but we do it one step at a time to live out this dream more and more, to be a community of people fully committed to following Jesus, actively sharing his love and serving others. And we're sharing this with you because it's important to know that this faith journey that we're on, this, this journey of being followers of Jesus Christ, it's a process, and it's a journey. Um, when God's speaking something into your heart, we take a step, and then we see what happens with that. You know, and then you take another step, and we see what happens with that. But we allow God to direct our steps along the way. You know, it's quite easy to look at someone else's life and think, man, like they, they are, they're striving for God, they're doing all the incredible things. Uh, um, but it's important to know that that usually doesn't happen overnight. There's a lot of um, time spent praying. There's a lot of time spent maturing in their faith. Um, and there's a lot of hours just dedicated to following Christ. But it's simple steps of obedience that gets us there, right? Simple steps along the way. So we'll spend this year looking at ways that we can take our steps as individuals, but also as a, collectively as a church community.
So with that being said, I'd love to pray for us as a church. So why don't we stand our feet just to change our positions while we pray? So Father, we are um, we're really grateful for this church community. We're really grateful for the leaders who've been before us. That means that we can stand here, Lord. But we're so thankful that, in fact, that we don't have to rely on man, Lord, that you are, in fact, king of our church, Lord. And Lord, it is a real privilege that you choose to use us. So Lord, I pray as, as a leadership that we will continue to seek you. Lord, I pray as a congregation that we will continue to seek you. And as we consider our next steps as individuals and collectively as a church, Lord, I pray that your spirit will speak so clearly to each and every one of us. And Lord, may our goal this year to see each one of us grow spiritually. Step out in faith. And we do this for your glory and your glory alone. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat, church. So here's a question just to kick off um, the sermon this morning. Do any of you know what happened on the 20th of July, 1969? Go ahead. Some of us, including, yeah, he's ready to shout out. Yeah, we've got it, we've got it. Some of us, including myself, weren't born. I know that's hard to believe, but I wasn't actually born. But it's a really significant day. A really significant day. One, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. 20th of July, 1969. For some of you, that's a statement that was made by Neil Armstrong as he stepped onto the moon on the 20th of July, 1969. But it's simply just a mention in the history books, right? Um, but for some of you, um, you might have been that kid that was glued to the TV while it was happening. Um, it would have been an awesome wonder to, to see that happen, eh? Um, I looked on YouTube this week, and um, just at, at, the, at the clip that they have of it, TV's come a long way. You can see, see things a lot clearer now these days. Um, as I said, I wasn't born there, but I heard people talk about their experience of that day. It was July 20th, 1969, and many people were glued to their TVs as Neil Armstrong became the first man to walk on the moon, the first step on the moon. I read this story about a mum who said that she thought Neil Armstrong might disappear into the deep dust of the moon's surface. And the astronauts commented on the dust on the surface and said, oh, it's not actually that deep like you suspected. But in actual fact, they had no idea what it was going to be like when they stepped on the moon. They had no idea. They had never been that way before. It's not something they passed. <laughs> but it was famously put, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And what an incredible step it was. And the reason I tell you that story is we're going to read about another leap of faith. In Joshua chapter 3, we read about another time where a man took a small step but did something great for mankind. Something that changed the course of history. It was the priest who put his foot in the Jordan at flood stage and the children of Israel crossed into the promised land on dry ground. We find the children of Israel on the edge of the promised land. They've been wandering in the wilderness for the past 40 years. But to possess the promised land, they must cross the River Jordan at flood stage. Everything was about to change with a step of faith. With a step of faith. At its widest, the River Jordan, it reached 18.3 meters wide. And at its deepest point, it was 5.2 meters deep. 
So it was a decent body of water, right? They were about to march across the river at flood stage, but without a miracle of God, that could never happen. That could never happen. Yet God said, cross. God said, cross. Just think of that priest who was carrying the Ark of the Covenant on his back, who took that first step into a flooded River Jordan. And when he went to the edge of the river, he took a step, and the river stopped, and he stepped out onto dry ground. It's incredible, really, isn't it? So we're going to look at this passage, Joshua chapter 3, just so you know I'm not making this all up. Joshua chapter 3, turn with me, it's in the Old Testament, and we're going to read the whole chapter together. I love this passage of Scripture. It's, um, it's an incredible encounter. And um, if you are following along in your app and you can change versions of the Bible, we're using the NIV this morning, the Northern Ireland version, the only version to use. <laughs> I think I used that joke one time before and someone actually thought it was a Northern Ireland version. It's not. I've changed the name to the Northern Ireland version. It's the New International Version, so don't worry. Uh, but um, we're reading Joshua chapter 3 this morning. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out for Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they were camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, the Levitical priests are carrying it. You are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance, about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the ark of the covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites. See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry, who carry the Ark of the Covenant and the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when they broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood, flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from the upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down the Sea of Arabah, this is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all of Israel passed until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Who would have loved to have been there? Yeah. See, stepping into the Jordan was a small step for man. However, it was a giant leap for mankind, right? It was giant because it was part of God's salvation plan. It was all part of God's salvation plan. The people 
God's people entered the promised land, they possessed the land where, in fact, the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, would be born. He'd live a sinless life. He would die on the cross, and he would purchase the sin of men and women. It was all part of the plan. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. So as I was thinking about what's our next step, what's your next step, as I was considering the passage here in Joshua, I sort of felt like it's probably important for us to recognize that you might, don't, forget, don't be surprised if you find yourself, figuratively speaking, standing at a river at a flood stage. Over and over again, God calls His people to step out in faith. He calls His people to step out in faith. A step that would be impossible without a miracle of God. Each one of you who become a follower of Jesus Christ, you took a step of faith to accept Him as your Lord and your Savior. That's a miracle. It's a miracle. Over the course of the next six weeks, uh, we're going to be looking at different steps that will feed into the teaching of our whole year. And again, we've provided a discussion guide to go along with our series, so watch your next step. I encourage you to pick those up. They're on the, the info desk out there. Again, they'll be available um, digitally. Um, but this one really considers all the different steps that we're going to take over the next six weeks. So I encourage you to pick those up and journey along with us. These are a really important tool to use. We want to consider what it would mean for some people to take the very first step, which is a step of faith to follow Jesus Christ. Next week, we're going to look at that. Then we're going to look like at what it would mean to step into baptism. Last Sunday night, we had a baptism service here, and I have to just say, God's Spirit was on the move in an incredible way. Um, it didn't go as how we planned, uh, and that's usually the case because God was in control, not us. Uh, we had two people who came to the morning service who committed their lives to Jesus in the afternoon and got baptized on Sunday night. Come on, that's good, amen. We had a, we had a guy a few weeks ago who um, we led to the Lord in McDonald's. Someone laughed at McDonald's. It's a good place to evangelize in McDonald's. He led to, he led, we led him to the Lord in McDonald's and he got baptized and he wasn't even prepared and he was dressed in a full suit and he just jumped into the baptism pool and we, we baptized, baptized him. So good, Amen. And then we had Scotty, who gave his testimony on video a few, um, few months back. He got baptized on Sunday night. So we had four people who had recently become Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, step up and be baptized. God's Spirit is on the move in this church. And we're so excited to see what he's going to do. So we step into baptism. One of the other things that we, we, we've, we talked about last year we want to keep moving into is stepping out and sharing our faith. That's another step for us, isn't it? Something that can be quite uncomfortable for us, but that's, that's Okay. Stepping into community, what that looks like for some of us, there's a lot of us who are in connect groups and small communities, but there's some of us who aren't. Maybe a step for you would be stepping into community. And one of the other aspects that we want to look at, we don't talk about this often, but is stepping out in faith with our finances as well and what that looks like. So we want to have a, ch a chat about that as well. But this whole series is shaped to make us think about what is, what is our next step? What way can we step out next in faith for God? Taking steps as followers of Jesus is so important even if they're small steps, even if they're small steps. You know, I've been thinking about this lately, and um, Jacob and Isaac and myself, we recorded another episode of the podcast um, over the last couple of weeks, and this is one of the things that we end up discussing on there, so have a listen, it'll be coming out probably this week or next. But in the church today, there are many Christians, and I mean capital C Church, not just Crossroads. There are many Christians who believe it's the church's responsibility to be the only source of my spiritual food. The only source. Uh, I only come to church for that reason, to be fed. And I need to be fed. And that's the purpose of the church. 
Well, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> I actually feel the church is becoming more malnourished because of that. Because of that. And the reason why I say that is um, I believe the church is becoming more malnourished because when it comes to understanding Scripture and knowing what Jesus has to say about certain topics in the Bible or certain theological topics, often people just don't know. They don't know. And it's just because the church hasn't taught on it, I I just don't know. Um, I heard a response to this once um, where it comes to theological topics. Someone said to me once, well, I'm not sure what that means. I've never actually read it before. So what I'll do is I'll go onto YouTube and I'll see what other people have to say about it. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with going onto YouTube or podcast and listening to people who have um, thoughts on different topics. Of course we should do that. It's good for us to you know, stretch our thinking. But I believe it's a real problem if we haven't read our Bibles in the first place. It's a real problem. How can we form theological opinions on topics when we haven't had a, a read about what God has to say? so important. So if you haven't already, maybe it's time to step up your biblical nourishment. So important to be reading God's Word for yourself. And don't just assume that we'll feed you. We will keep teaching this Word, but you need to do some homework yourself as well. Don't depend on everyone else to give you a two. I had the experience a few years ago. There was a guy in one of our services, and he came to me after the service, and he started crying. And that happens often with me. Um, People just break out in tears, and that's okay. Um, now, what happened, this guy had been coming along to church for a very long time, and he was a, he was a, he was a macho sort of guy, and um, to see him crying was quite interesting. But anyway, um, what was happening was he was experiencing uh, an encounter with God's Spirit for the very first time, which surprised me, if I'm honest. It surprised me, and I think it surprised him too, hence the tears. So what was happening was he was experiencing God's Spirit because he had surrendered his life to him in the service. Even though he was at church regularly for many, many years, and even though he was in regular, consistent service in the church community, he wept because he looked back on his life and he said, man, I've missed out on so much of God. I've missed out on so much of God. All those years that I've just sort of been coming here, expecting to just attend a service and walk out the door, I'd been missing out what God had for me because I didn't surrender my life to him. God calls us to a life of surrender. If you haven't surrendered your life already to God, then I encourage you to do that. Because you'll find yourself in a position where it's a wee bit uncomfortable, that next step. Israel were in this situation where they, they didn't cross. They'd never been in this crossing before. They hadn't been to this point. And in actual fact, if you read Numbers 30, 32, this is hard to believe, but it happened. Some of them wanted to stay where they were. They were pretty content with what was going on, and they weren't wanting to step into what God had for them. Anybody else like that sometimes? I'm not sure God would want to do this. How spiritually short-sighted we can be sometimes. We'd rather stay in a more steady environment than step out in faith and enjoy what God has for us. I guess the question for us, maybe God is calling you out of the comfortable this morning and into the uncomfortable. Because I know for some of those Israelites, going across (laughs) the River Jordan at flood stage was quite uncomfortable. But God had promised them that what I have for you on the other side is so much better. So much better. And God has called each one of us to step out in faith. And what he's promised to us, that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, and he will walk with us each step of the way. But he might be calling you this morning to step up in your faith. Step up in your maturity of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Take your faith seriously. Stepping out of the comfortable into the uncomfortable. So we picture this. 
the Israelites, they're at the edge of the River Jordan. They're standing there in faith. They're also trusting this guy, Joshua, to, this must be the right thing to do because the God, Lord has spoken to you. In our, in our lives, we may come up in situations where we come up against the impossible. What feels like the impossible? How am I going to get through this? And it requires us for take, to take steps of faith that we wouldn't normally feel comfortable taking. But I want to tell you this morning, church, what is impossible to us is possible to God. Amen? What's impossible to us is possible to God. But it requires faith on our behalf that we depend on the Lord. You know, I've had moments in my life, if I'm real honest, I've had lots of moments in my life where I've been so anxious or I've been so uneasy about a decision. And it's usually to do with the fact that I believe in my head that I cannot do it. But God has shown me time and time and time again that when I rely on my own strength, it doesn't go well. When I rely on His strength, it goes a lot better. It goes a lot better. Because the more I rely on Him for my strength and for my wisdom, I see God at work in my life. Less of me, more of God. Focus on God. I, I love what Joshua said to the people of Israel the day before. He was gearing them up. He was rallying them up and he was saying, we need to be ready because the Lord's going to do amazing things. Joshua said to, that you need to do some spiritual preparation for this. You need to get yourselves ready for this next step. Joshua said to his people in, in, in chapter 3, verse 5, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things for you. Amazing things among you. You know, I believe if we're going to take steps of faith, if we're going to, we're going to take more steps for God, we need to be spiritually prepared. We must walk with the Lord and pass ways that we've never passed before. When there's a river at flood stage in front of you in your life, we proceed with boldness. Why? Because we trust in God. We trust in God. We get spiritually prepared, but there's also a time where we just, we have to step into the water. We have to actually take that step of faith. Maybe some of you have been sitting on the fence for a while, and there's been something God has been stirring in your heart. May that be overseas missions. May that be um, baptism. May that be recommitting your life. Or maybe that is like leading the connect group or whatever it may be. You've been sitting there for a while, but it actually calls you to dip your toes in and go. Take that step. We put everything on the line. And you know what? We don't rely on our own strength. We rely on God's strength. In Hebrews 11, if you've got time this afternoon, I encourage you to read this chapter, beautiful chapter in Scripture. In Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed of God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Keep reading the whole chapter. Um, it unpacks different people throughout Scripture who had to take steps of faith. It requires us actually to be active in that. Hence why in our vision it says, actively following Jesus Christ. Don't just come sit here and then go home. Be active in your faith. See, in Joshua 3, the, the priest stepped into the water carrying the Ark of the Covenant. If you're not sure what that is, that is the symbol of God's presence. That is the symbol of God's presence. And if you're standing at the, at the river at flood stage, you may feel like the impossible is before you, but trust God. So will you take that step? Will you take that step? You see, the promised land for you is on the other side of that step of faith. So at the start, we discussed the vision that we want to keep asking ourselves that question, what's our next step? What's your next step? We've looked at Scripture and looked at the example of Joshua and what he led the people of Israel to, which was incredible, to take that next step. But 
Just like Joshua said to the people of Israel, to be spiritually ready because the Lord's going to do amazing things among you. We as a leadership this year are praying for spiritual growth for each and every person who calls Crossroads home in our church community. And my personal prayer is that each one of you at the end of 2024, each one of you who calls Crossroads home will be able to say that I have spiritually grown this year. That I have spiritually grown this year. I'm better nourished with God. And to prepare us for this, to prepare for the next steps, we believe that that spending time in God's presence and seeking His will is really important for that to happen. Now, of course, this is a regular part of our daily walks with God, um, but one of the things that we've committed to is the week of prayer and fasting, and uh, that starts tomorrow, just to remind you. Now, for some of you, uh, fasting may be a regular part of your walk with God. And um, for some of you, you may have had a specific moment in your life where you've fasted for a particular purpose. Or for some of you, you may have never done it before. And all of that's okay. But I want to share, I want to teach on this for a bit, that I believe fasting is a spiritual discipline that we all should include in our work with God. And why do I say that? Well, fasting means that we're abstaining from something so that we can intentionally spend time with God. Surely that's a good thing. In our booklets um, for the prayer and fasting, you'll find examples of Scripture uh, when Jesus fasted and other people in 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 the Bible. But just know that fasting isn't some magical ritual to try to get answers out of God that you want. (laughs) It's not. And it isn't about harming our bodies or depriving ourselves from something. Fasting is about what we gain from the process, which is this, more focus on God more focus on God. Fasting is a discipline of abstaining from something that is good um, and hard for us to give up, like food. So we concentrate our spiritual lives, we get ourselves ready, and we listen to God. That's why we do it. Fasting is about a desire of more of God. Uh, The decision to fast should not be motivated by arrogance or, or legalism, no. Because when teaching on the topic, I love that Jesus said this, I love everything Jesus said, Um, but I love what he said this. He said, when you fast, he said, put oil on your head, wash your face, so it will not be obvious to others that that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's a personal thing between you and God, not something to brag about. Even though we're doing this collectively as a church, we're collectively encouraging you to do it, but it's between you and God. So we're not going to be running around asking you, what are you doing for prayer and fasting? But we encourage you to think about it and do it. We want to take the next step as we pray and fast for us as individuals, and what our next step would be for us as a church, but also for our city in Palmerston North. And I'm really stoked there's about 11 or 12 churches around this city who are doing it this week with us as well. That's really exciting, amen? Yeah. But it's to be done private between you and God. It's not something we boast about, our ability to see how how long we can fast or who can fast the longest. We believe that by us starting this year together with prayer and fasting, it comes as an encouragement to us to individually practice a spiritual discipline that will help us to have more of God in our lives. And when this week is done, you might decide that, that I'm going to continue doing this, fast once a week, fast once a month. That's a really, really good thing. Less of us, more of God. Amen? But it's something we decide between you and God. 
So why should we fast? Why should we do it? Well, when talking about fasting, Jesus begins in Matthew chapter 6. He says, when you fast. Did you notice that? didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. Now, fasting isn't a commandment that's given in the Bible, but Jesus does seem to assume that his followers will fast because it means we'll have less of us and more than him. Many people fasted in the Bible, Moses in Deuteronomy, Daniel in the book of Daniel, David in 2 Samuel and Psalms, Jesus in Matthew, Paul in Acts, many more examples. People also fasted for different reasons, to, to mourn, to humble oneself before God, to focus on praying for God, for guidance, for preparation. Man, those things sound like real good things, don't they? You see, during Jesus' fast, he actually quoted Deuteronomy, and he said this, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I love that. Fasting can help us understand this truth with a new meaning. We can better understand that Jesus is, in fact, the bread of life who sustains us and supplies our greatest needs. We can better understand that Jesus is the bread of life who sustains us and supplies our greatest needs. So when we fast, we'll be physically reminded of our spiritual needs. We will. So I want to get super practical, if that's all right. How do we fast? Well, my encouragement is just, if you've never done it before, just don't give up eating altogether. Set aside intentional time to focus on God. Read the Bible pray when you would normally be preparing or eating food. That's what we do. So in your booklets, we give you daily devotions just to help you. They're a guideline, but we want to make this between you and God. Some people have medical issues and prohibit you from fasting food. You should, you should listen to your doctor. Ask the Lord, is there another way in which you can fast? Maybe from social media, maybe from television, um, maybe from work. Um, <laughs> You could use time instead of what you'd normally be doing. No, you definitely go to work. Don't listen to me. Uh, no, no, I did not say. <laughs> it's on live stream. Dang it. Um, no, it's important that it's not something that we can easily do without. It's got to be a sacrifice, right? It's got to be something that we, we would miss normally, but we can actually turn our focus and attention to God. So um, use that time to pray and, and read your Bible. Here's some practical things. As I said, if you've never, if you've never fasted um, before, start slow. Um, maybe begin with just one meal. Um, I encourage you, again, if you're not used to this, continue to drink water and stay hydrated. Some individuals in the Bible, they fasted from both. Um, but this choice can be dangerous if you're not experienced in that um, or you haven't consulted someone who knows what they're talking about. I read about a guy who decided to fast for 81 days from bread and water. And um, it didn't go well for him. He ended up with really long-lasting damage um, to his internal organs. So um, please don't do that. Um, uh, the other thing someone said, don't overeat before. You know, don't stock up. <laughs> um, eat smaller, healthier meals, including raw and before and after. Who thought they were getting a nourishment chat this morning? <laughs> Tell only people if you must. It's between you and God. It's not a bragging session for us. It's between you and God. This is probably one of the most important things. I, th I think it's really, really important that we make a firm, prayerful commitment that when we begin this, we're doing this because we want more of God. It's not for show and tell. It's for us to really commit to, to spending time with God. Make a wholehearted commitment that you can easily remember while you're doing it. And um, the reason why we give you those booklets, but you've got your word, Constance, consciously reflect on Scripture and your experience. Write it down. Journal what God's saying to you. 
we would love to hear what God has been saying to you. Um, so if you haven't already, uh, journey with our journals. You can either do that in the physical copy or online. The other thing that I'd love to invite you all to is um, on Tuesday night and Kingdom Night. I really, really would love if you could all come on Tuesday at 7.30, where we're going to spend time praying and worshiping God together. And for those who come along regularly to Kingdom Night, realize the value of it. It's such an incredible evening together we have. So if you're able to make Tuesday, 7.30, um, cancel your connect groups, come along. We would love to have you with us. But as I said at the start, and I'll just invite the team up to lead us in some worship. As I said at the start, we're sharing this with you because we know that faith is a process. It's a journey. And when God speaks to us something in our heart, it's important for us to take that step of faith. And then we take the next step of faith, and we continue to do exactly what God calls us to do, allowing God to direct our steps all along the way. More of God, less of us. Focus on God. So as individuals, as a church community, let's consider what's your next step? What's God calling you to do next? Let's pray. Let's stand together. I was um, felt challenged this morning. I was I was preparing for coming in here this morning about the act of surrender. And um, I was thinking about in, in war times when people come out and they were told to surrender. What they do is they they raise their hands as a as a surrender. And that is the why we raise hands in church. To show that we are surrendering, we've got, we're leaving everything in front of him. So if you feel comfortable and you're ready to surrender this morning, why don't you stretch out your arms as we pray and we talk to God. So Father, our heart's desire is that, that there will be less of us and more of you, Lord. We recognize you as King and as Lord. And Father, as, as each one of us consider individually what our next step will be for you, Lord, I pray that you will, your spirit will just speak fresh to us this morning with arms wide open with surrender, Lord. We lay before you and we say, Lord Jesus, speak to us now. And Lord, collectively as a church, Lord, as a leadership, Lord, I pray that you will speak so clearly to us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that our ears will be so wide open to what your Spirit is saying, that you will continue to lead us. And Father, as we pray for our city, we pray for the city of Palmerston North, Lord, that the gospel of Jesus Christ will penetrate the heart of this city. Lord, we would love for what comes out of this week of prayer and fasting, all these churches together, Lord, we would love to see revival in this city. Lord, we would love to see many, many people coming to our churches, strapping the doors because they want to know more about Jesus, Lord. Lord, we don't do it for the name of Life Church or Vision Church or, what, or Crossroads Church, Lord. We do it for the name of Jesus. Lord, we recognize that Jesus is above all names. So come, Holy Spirit, move in this church, move in this city, Lord, move in our hearts, I pray. Help us and guide us. And Lord, may we be bold and brave to take that next step. Just like all those years ago, Lord, you took those children of Israel who stepped into the Jordan, Lord, and followed you with obedience, Lord. May we be people who follow with obedience. Lord, my prayer is at the end of this year, the end of 2024, 
God willing, each one of us can say that we have spiritually grown. We are more mal- we're more nourished in your word. We know more of you. We know how to turn to you, Lord. We know how to rely on you. We know how to live our lives for you, Lord. And we are so excited about sharing the good news of Jesus with those who don't know him. So, Lord, as we set this as our, as our vision for this year, Lord, as we continue to live out our, our dream here at church, Lord, may your spirit be moving right away. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, who is above every name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or after this message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find everything you'll need to know on our website, crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you subscribe to this channel to keep up to date with new content. But thanks again, and we'll catch you soon.